We, um, <clears throat> I do want to say, members of Faith Baptist Church, I want you to know I miss you. Um, it is very different not seeing your smiling faces and seeing everybody loving on one another and hugging necks and, to be honest, being who we are, and that's Faith Baptist Church. But I can tell you what's not missing, and that is the power of God on this platform, and that is the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. And I pray that God would reach through the airways this morning and do, to be honest, what we couldn't do in a building. I pray that He would reach into the homes and reach across to people that otherwise might not even be here. And I pray that it would be a blessing to you this morning. If you want to turn in your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Romans chapter 5. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles with you, you should be there at the bottom of your screen. Brother Larry will post those up for you. But if you've been doing your morning devotions, let me take a minute and encourage you right there. If you haven't been doing the devotions, if you'll go to faithlagrange.com, and when the website opens there, click on continue, and it'll take you to some devotions. Brother Brandon Haskett, the pastor Brandon Haskett, has done an amazing job of, of putting together six different authors and daily devotions, done an amazing job. Matter of fact, today you'll start with Zig Ziglar and Dr. Ike Reichert and Daily Insights. But if you've been doing those, and you know along about last Wednesday, um, we were doing David Jeremiah. He did a devotion here from Romans chapter 5, and a good devotion can do a number of things. Number one, it should encourage us when we do a devotion. It should teach us something from the Scripture. Many times it gives us a picture of a way to understand things at a different level, but it also should encourage us to study. A devotion is a little clip. It's just a little short something. It ought to cause you to open your Bible to that passage and to begin to study from the devotion. And that's kind of what happened here with Romans chapter 5 as I read that on Wednesday. So I want to begin, beginning reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, therefore. Now, I'm going to come back to that word, but I want to point out therefore, because if you're a member of Faith Baptist Church, or especially if you're here on Wednesday nights for the Bible study, you know that anytime you see the word therefore, you need to ask yourself the question, what's it there for? Therefore is one of those words that ties things together. It means take everything that was said, everything that was over here, everything that I just talked about, and now because of that, let me tell you something else. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man centered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. And not as the offense, so also is the free gift. And through the offense of one, many be dead. Much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. 
Not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one, condemna one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. I want to look at three words this morning. I want to look at patience. I want to look at experience. I want to look at hope, and I want to bring a message, a certain hope during uncertain times. Father God, I pray you take this now. I pray you take this message and bless it. God, I pray for those out on live stream right now. God, I pray you'd reach into the homes of every individual. I pray that you'd move through the airways. God, I pray that some people weren't even planning on watching this this morning. Will you help them find a way to it, God? I pray you do a mighty work. I ask you to bless your people, bless your children, put a hedge of protection about us, God. I pray right now, would you speak through your word, God? Speak to me and speak through me, Father. Help me to be a blessing to your children, a blessing to your people, God. Use this time to teach us and make us better servants. We love you, Father. We trust you and we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. So the morning, here we want to look here in the book of Romans. The book of Romans is considered by many not only to be the greatest of the Pauline epistles, but to be one of the greatest books in all of the Bible, written around 57 A.D. during Paul's third missionary journey. Many have labeled this as the constitution of Christianity. Paul expounds on the doctrinal foundations of the Christian faith. The first five chapters, Paul deals with the subject of salvation. How can a man who is guilty in his sins stand guiltless before a holy and righteous God? How can a man who is separated from God in unrighteousness stand before God as righteous? Of course, the answer to that is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and that alone. Now, our text here in chapter 5, as I mentioned, it begins with the word, therefore. Therefore is like a carryover word. Paul said, now, I've said all this, and now because of this, let, let me tell you something else. See, you have to remember... This is a letter that's written. These, this, wasn't, this wasn't chapter 4 and chapter 5 and verse anything. That was done by the translators. That was so that you and I might have the ability to study, and it's for our study help. But when it was written, this was just a letter. This is just a continual thought. And Paul is saying one thought. He has just been talking about some of the Old Testament patriarchs, mainly referring to Abraham, but then referring to Jesus Christ. He says in the last verse, chapter 4, verse 25, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification chapter 5 therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and then Paul goes into talking about being happy even when there seems to be no reason to be happy and Paul talks about us being joyful in times when it seems as though there's really nothing to be joyful about so what we have here in this letter that the apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome it can be a very difficult concept for some people to understand if you forget that there's two sides to every coin. On, on the one side, we are Christians. We are complete in Christ. If we trusted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, then our salvation is secure in Him. But on the other side of the coin, we're still living in this world. One of my study Bibles that I use and get some commentaries and things from gave a really great example this week as I was looking at it. It said that at the same time, we have the status of kings and the duties of slaves. We feel both the presence of Christ 
and the pressure of sin. So what we have is the peace of God in us. We have the power of God in us. We have the hope of the Holy Spirit in us. We have the joy of the Lord living in us, but we still face uncertain situations every day of our lives. And here in verses 3 and 4 of our text, it says, Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience experience, and experience hope. Now as we read this, it's important to remember the audience that Paul is writing to. When Paul wrote to the church at Rome, the church at Rome was under great persecution. People are being killed. To be identified as a Christian in that day meant imprisonment or maybe even death. If you saw the movie The Apostle Paul about a year ago, it showed them lighting people on fire. They were tied to stakes up over the city streets, and it was light the city streets. Those were Christians. They were being murdered for their belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you that because looking in the day when Paul wrote this letter, the people that, that he's writing this to, persecution was the norm not the exception. It was, it, was, it was the normal rule. It was everyday life. So every one of us as Christians are being molded into the image of Jesus Christ. Paul reminded us there in 2 Corinthians that even in death, the worst thing that can happen to any of us is that we'd be absent from the body and present with the Lord. The world doesn't understand this because they don't have the power of the Holy Spirit living in them. The world doesn't understand it because they don't have the presence of the Holy Spirit. They don't have the teaching, the learning. They don't have the peace of God living in them. The world thinks that death is the worst thing that can happen. But for the child of God, I'm not going to run out there and hop on the yellow line and wait on the next bus to come by. But I'm not going to sit around and be fearful either because for the, ch for the child of God to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It is an immediate transformation into the image of Christ. It is an immediate step out of this world and into the presence of God Almighty through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 33, He said, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, what that tells me is that there's no doubt in this life that we're going to go through some tribulation. We're going to go through some things, but it is the trials that shape us into the image of Jesus Christ. It's the trials that drives us toward Christ. Paul says here that we are to glory in our tribulation. The word that Paul uses there for glory also means to rejoice. And the word that he uses for tribulation, translated over, also means affliction. It means persecution. The Greek word that Paul used for work, it also means to accomplish. It means to fashion or it means to finish. It means to complete something. So Paul says that as children of God, we are to rejoice in times of affliction, knowing that the affliction, the persecution, the tribulation, that those things teach us. They work in us. They perfect in us patience. The Greek word for patience also means endurance. Remember, life is, is not a sprint. Life is a marathon. This is just another leg of the race that we're in right now. Marathon runners are in continual training, always training to condition themselves for the race. The, the same thing is true in life. Paul said in Philippians 1.6, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God hasn't forgotten about you. God hasn't turned you out to the wolves. God is working on us. God is shaping us, molding us, making, in, making us more into the image of Christ. God would never allow anything that couldn't help shape us, and God would never allow anything that isn't in some way going to bring glory to Him. So God has everything in His hand. As the world goes through trouble, Christians go through trouble. 
As the world goes through tribulations, Christians go through tribulation. As the world goes through storms, Christians go through storms. But can I remind you that no storm lasts forever? Every storm has a beginning. Every storm has an end. Many times as Christians, we're not living in joy because of our situations. We're living in joy in spite of our situations. I need to say that again. Somebody, you was pouring you another cup of coffee and you missed that. We're not in joy because of the situations. We're in joy in spite of the situations. It is Christ in us. Not only do Christians go through the same troubles as the world, the same trials as the world, the same circumstances and situation, but many times Christians go through trials because of the world. Satan is the father of this world. This world belongs to the devil, and the devil hates Christians. Therefore, you got many people that hate Christians. They're the reason for the tribulation. They're the ones that caused the tribulation. You look at this letter, what Paul is writing. It was the Roman soldiers who are inflicting the tribulation that Paul is talking about. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Being a Christian doesn't make us immune to the coronavirus. Being a Christian doesn't make us immune to being quarantined like the rest of the world in the six-foot separation. But the Bible says that not only can we expect tribulation, but we can find glory in tribulation. Tribulation Many times it's what brings us closer to God. It's tribulation that increases our relationship with God. It increases our, our walk with God. Our text says that tribulation gives us patience. Patience is nothing more than grace, and grace is simply of God. God said that he's long-suffering toward us. Long-suffering means patient even though we don't deserve it, but it's tribulation that produces patience in us so that we might be patient with others even when they don't deserve it. So, Patience, it goes on and says, produces experience. Experience is translated from a word that also means trustiness or it means proof. It allows others to see the power of God in our lives. Even James said in chapter 1, verse number 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing." The word perfect and entire there, they both translate to the same word. It means complete and wanting nothing. Then our text says that experience produces hope. Hope is translated from a word that also means expectation or confidence. Dr. Harold Wilmington says that there's three requirements of an earthly hope. Number one, it must concern the future. Well, that's obviously because of something that we're hoping for, something that we're looking ahead to. Number two, he says it must concern something good in the future. Well, that too is obvious because we don't normally wish for bad things. And then number three, he says it must concern something possible in the future. The hope that Paul is writing about here fulfills all three of them. In his letter to the church at Ephesus, Paul gave us a picture of hope. In the first chapter, verse number 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. See, there's two kinds of hope. There's hope when it's used in the form of a verb, and there's hope when it's used in the form of a noun. Worldly hope is the form of a verb. It simply means to hope so. I hope something's going to happen. It's something of which you have no control over. You just hope so. But the hope that Paul uses here in our text is a noun. When hope is used as a noun, it is a confidence in something it is a complete expectation so we are confident in our God to bring us through trials and through temptations we have great expectations knowing that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think see right now the world is full of questions the world doesn't understand a lot there are many who have fears and, and anxieties over these uncertain situations you and I as children of God need to use this opportunity to let them see the hope of Christ in us, to let them see the power of God in us, to let us see the joy of the Lord that lives in us and through us in spite of the situations. You know, there's an old phrase. I don't know, historians say it came from a Persian poet. I don't know, I wasn't there. But the phrase is, this too shall pass. Now, as I said a minute ago, no storm lasts forever. There's a beginning and an end. And the truth is, this too shall pass. This is just another season in life. We've never come this way before. But God has. <laughs> we don't know where all this leads, but, but God does. We don't know where all this is going to go or what's on the other side, but God does. And, and that's good enough for me. I know that God loves me and he has my best interest on his mind. I know that God would never take me to anywhere that he didn't have the ability to bring me through. So sometimes we just have to be like the three Hebrew children. We just have to look at the situation. You just have to look old Nebuchadnezzar in the face and say, King, I know that my God is able to deliver me through the burning fiery furnace. So I know he says that they're able to deliver me from the burning fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't do it my way, even if this, this doesn't look like it's the way I want things to happen, I'm going to worship him just the same. Christians, this is a time when you and I need to stand strong. This is a time when the world needs to see Christ. This is a time um, when, when they're looking to Christians, people are looking for answers. We need to use this as a time to grow closer to the Lord. Uh, you need to make sure that you keep your daily Bible reading up. Read the Scriptures every day. You need to make sure that you keep up with your daily devotions. You need to make sure that you pray earnestly every day for the power of God on your life that people might see Christ in us. See, you, you just never know who might be watching you right now. You just never know who's looking at you to see how, as a child of God, will you handle this situation. Anybody can appear to be a Christian on a bright, sunny day when everything's going good. It's in the dark times, it's in the dark days when the world looked to see what's your faith really made out of. They want to see how big is your God now. Let them see. 
Let them see the hope of Christ. Let them see the glory of God living in us and through us. I, I will tell you, if you're watching this morning, maybe, maybe you've never trusted Christ. You say, you keep referring to Christians. You keep referring to those that are saved. Maybe you're not one of those. Maybe you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're not one that normally turns into live stream. You just happen to today. Maybe you're just looking for answers. Maybe you just need a solution. Maybe you just need something to calm your fears. Maybe you know the answer to the question, if you died right now, would you go to heaven? Maybe the answer is not the answer you'd like for it to be. Maybe you do want to go to heaven. Can I tell you, you can change all that today. You can have the same hope, the same certainty, the same security that every child of God has, and it comes through the blood of the, the, blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I can offer you a hope that is a certainty. There's a hope in Jesus Christ that I can offer you, that a hope for the future that is just as certain as the memories of your past. I have a no-so because the Word of God tells me so, and that hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our certain hope during uncertain times. If you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. I don't have a magic poem for you. I don't have a prayer for you. What I have is the truth of the Word of God for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. That means that every one of us is a sinner. We know that the wages of sin is death. That death is hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the only way you can be saved is through the blood of Jesus Christ. We must first know that we're a sinner. We just read it. The Bible says for all of sin. We know that we're all a sinner. So you need to confess your sins with your own mouth. It's just, Lord, I'm a, I'm a sinner. I led a gentleman to the Lord about a week and a half ago, and he really wanted to be saved, and we talked about what you believe. He believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He believed he was born of a virgin. He believed that he died on the cross for forgiveness of sins, and he believed all that. He just wasn't sure how to be saved, and I said, you've got to trust him. You've got to ask him to forgive you of your sins, confess your sins with your mouth. Ask him to come into your heart and save your soul. And that young man prayed to receive Christ, and he looked at me and he said, It's that simple? <laughs> yeah, it's that simple. Christ made it that simple for us. Christ went to Calvary's cross and paid for my sin, dead, and for yours. So are you willing to just trust him and say, Lord, I am a sinner. I'm asking you to come into my heart. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And save my soul in the precious holy name of Jesus. I just want to be a child of God, and I know that you can do that. And I ask you to save me now in Jesus' name. You say a prayer like that, you trust God as your personal Lord and Savior. You're just as much a child of God as any other Christian because of what Christ has done for you. God bless you. Appreciate you so much for being here today. Appreciate you taking the opportunity. I would ask you to be in prayer each day. Um, again, as Dale said, stay tuned to faiththegrange.com as we'll bring announcements and bring things out to you, um, bring some daily devotions and things to try to be a help to you in this time. But Christians, I encourage you, stay focused right here. Stay focused on the Word of God. Do what they're asking us to do. Keep the separation. Do what needs to be done. Uh, fortunately, now we have the great media. You have ways to stay in touch with people without having to be in their presence. So do what, what we're asked to do. So that this thing will pass quickly. I want this thing to get on out of here. I want to have church Easter Sunday morning. I want to do He's Alive, and, and we'll get some things posted back to you on that as well. But I want to see this thing move. So be in earnest prayer. And ask God to go ahead and move this thing out. But above all, God's going to do this His way. Our hope is certain in Him. And God has our best interest in His mind. God, thank you so much for loving us the way that you do, God. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for your healing power. 
And God, you said you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord, our healer. God, there's people right now who have coronavirus, but there's people who have, Lord, what seems to be worse than that. There's people with cancer, heart disease. There's so many things, people that need a touch, God. I pray you'd move in the midst of this. I pray that your power would move through this country, God. I pray, Lord, that once this has accomplished its purpose, God, if it's necessary to bring us to our knees, then so be it, God. But I pray that you'd keep a hand upon your children. I pray you'd keep a hedge of protection about their homes, God. I pray, Lord, you'd bless us as your children, and you would use us, God, to be a blessing to others. Let us be an encouragement to those who are living in fear and those that are living in anxious times, God. I pray that you'd let them see the power of God in us, Father. Thank you for the certainty. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the power of God, the Spirit living inside of us, God. Thank you for loving us in spite of us. God, you've been so good to us, and we just want to tell you thank you. In the precious, sweet, holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you so much.